Zivie Owens, and you're listening to the award-winning podcast, Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Please sign up for my newsletter at zivieowens.com for updates on podcast guests and lots of live events. Today's episode is sponsored by Poets and Writers, which is the absolutely essential go-to resource for creative writers. Founded in 1970, Poets and Writers is celebrating its 50th anniversary this year. Visit pw.org to get inspired, connect with others, and explore a treasure trove of trustworthy information about writing contests, literary agents, and more. I'm here today with Caroline de McGray, who is the author with Sophie Moss of How to Be Parisian Wherever You Are from 2014, and most recently, Older, But Better, But Older. She is an international model and has been a Chanel ambassador since 2013. Caroline is also a music producer at Bonus Track Records and a fashion video producer. She is a children's and women's rights activist. Caroline currently lives in Paris with her 12-year-old son. So welcome, Caroline. Thanks for coming on Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Thanks for having me. Caroline just got off the flight from Paris <laughs> through an hour and a half line of immigration and has landed at my desk. So this is like major bonus points for you for doing this. I'm <laughs> so impressed. Well, you know, I didn't want to miss the opportunity to see you. Yeah. So, but yeah, you have to be nice to me because my mind is a bit, you know, in the clouds still. I will go very easy on you. <laughs> I just like listening to your beautiful accent. That's like the best part. I don't think anybody else from France has been on my show. Uh, no. What about... Sorry uh, for whoever I just offended. <laughs> oh, you know what? I thought the the writer from the School of Life... Oh, Alain de Botton. Alain de Botton. He's not French? British. Oh, he is? Yeah. He's got a very... He just have a French name. Yeah. Well, maybe his family was from France, but I yeah. think he's... Okay. He definitely lives in London now. I yeah, and no, he went to Cambridge. Yeah. And studying in Cambridge yeah. or... He identifies as British. Yeah. Let's go with that. (laughs) Anyway, please tell listeners about your latest book, Older But Better But Older. This is your latest book. Mm -hmm. What is it about? It's about how, you know, you're just living your life, you're in your 30s, and then suddenly you have little surprises one after the other of that are signs of age. Might it be from people around you or just society, but also just (laughs) you and your body. And the idea was to give like an honest and fun way of seeing it because there are some great sides about aging and there are some not so fun sides. And I think, you know, we're always aware of what it is when you become old, like in your 60s, like you know, you're biologically, you learn about it at school and, you know, people tell you what happens, but not the 40s. And, it, and it's a strange feeling that's not always very nice. I agree. <laughs> I'm 43. I have, oh, I have 12 I'm 44. Years. Okay, well, there you go. So I was re- in reading this, and there is basically everything I was agreeing with. In the oh, wow. Well. So I'm like, oh, gosh. Oh, yes. Oh, this too. There were so many funny things. Um, <laughs> but I want to talk about how you decided on the format, because I found that super interesting about your book. It's not just... It's almost a multimedia type of book in that you have, not multimedia, but a range of formats. You have poetry, you have essay, you have lists, you have photos, you have guidebook options to Paris and back. You have all sorts of different things. And yet, and then you have pictures, almost like Instagram story-ish posts. It's like Mm -hmm. the perfect book for an attention like starved <laughs> busy person which is part of why I liked it so much how did you come up with this idea and this this way of telling the story i think i know no other way to do i think it's that's how my life is you know i'm a music producer i write 
books, but I'm not, a, I won't say I'm a writer, but I write books. I'm a Chanel ambassadress, I'm, you know, I'm a mother, I direct videos. So I do all these things and, and I love to play with formats, you know, and, and do long things and short things and, and just having ideas and put them down. And, and that's, that's why I just, you know, sometimes I want to tell a long story and sometimes I just want to make you laugh. With, you know, with, with just like really short puns. I don't know. Yeah, I think it's, <laughs> that's how I am. And how was the collaboration? This is your second book that you wrote with Sophie Moss. Yes. How does that work? Do you sit in a room with her and write it all down? Do you email each other? Like what's the actual process the two of you go through to write these books together? What we do is we meet each other. We start talking about life, you know, what happened last week and then the months before. Nah, nah. Stories, love stories, stories at work. And, and little by little it comes to, you realize that lots of things you're going through, like neuroses and fears, and are often linked to your age. So that's why, you know, it was very interesting. And so when you talk, you realize that sometimes most of your actions will be dependent, you know, on your age, on how, for example, you've learned how to live with some, you know, with your neuroses, but sometimes you don't. And how, I don't know, it's a process. So we do this and then she'll go, oh, okay, so I want to write about, you know, the eggs, because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, she went through it. And so I'll give her anecdotes I have from friends, stories, and so that's how we do. So she's going to go and write it at her house then send it by email, I correct it, and she does the same for my text. So it becomes like one voice kind of, yeah? Yeah, yeah that sounds great. <laughs> well, certainly, I mean... What's good is is when, when, when you talk about a subject that's so large, being mm-hmm. the age, it's nice to have different voices to make it a bit more, you know, round. And to have a sense of humor about it is also really helpful. Well, that's the, <laughs> yeah, that's the only thing I found to make it okay. <laughs> you know, it's, it, it's life. It's the path of life and it's completely fine. You just have to get used to all the new surprises all the time. Do you but th- if you learn how to, to laugh about it, then it, it makes it easier. And do you think that because you were this international modeling superstar that, you're, <laughs> that wow. your aging has been harder. Like, nobody cares about the fact that my looks are, you know, like nobody's looking at, at me or most people, I would argue, critically about their looks as intensely as they might somebody who has made a profession out of how they look. Do you think it affects people who are more sort of forward facing in their appearance? I don't think so. I think it affects the teenager in me mm. that suddenly I'm not part of the club, <laughs> of the youth club anymore while I still think I am, mm-hmm. you know. I think that the fact that I'm still being taken my photo and, and, and do Chanel campaigns and stuff actually helps me. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, I'm still okay. If they still want me, I'm still okay. And at the same time, it makes me proud as well to still, you know, to, to be, I mean, it's, I'm still really young. I mean, I think. <laughs> yes. To myself, that's how I feel. It makes me proud to keep on going and to still be, you know, a woman that other women can look up to as an example. Like you're, you're still okay when you're 45 because, you know, mm-hmm. you're still in fashion and your big picture is still being taken. So what's been the hardest part of aging for you, aside from I not, of not being I in the club? A, while I was writing the book, I had a midlife crisis. <laughs> it was 
there are a few different things, but the, 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 the main thing was I felt one day that it was the last chance for me to change everything, to change of boyfriend. I've been with my man for 15 years. We have a son. And I was like, oh my God, I'm going to be with the same man all my life. I know it can be, you know, the goal of some people, but to me it was so frightening. And, you know, it's that, and you're like, oh, you know, it's like my last years of being sexy, of being able to do whatever I want or whatever, to change jobs, to change, to change everything. And then, you know, it took me a year, I think, to went through it with anxiety attacks and, and all this thing. It was all crazy and I was going out every night. And then I was like, wow, you know, I'm actually, I'm fine. <laughs> and it's fine to be with the same person. And I can change if I want to. I mean, I realized how it was all cuckoo and it was almost, almost like a hypochondriac. It was very megalomaniac. I understood it was something that I was going from a, a woman to the next woman. And it, I do that every 10 years. I always have like a little burnout every 10 years. <laughs> so did you decide to stay with him? Yes. You broke up. You did. So you're yes. still together. Yeah, we're still together. He's amazing. And he's been so nice. <laughs> and I feel so much more alive since all those questions I went through. And yeah, it, it, it was very interesting. You started the book with the section, which was hilarious, called You Know Things Aren't the Way They Used to Be. And then you <laughs> add all these things. So some of my favorites were, you no longer know who the hip singers and actors are. <laughs> yeah. Because like I read Us Weekly. I basically stopped reading it because I don't know who anybody is. And I feel <laughs> terrible. My 12-year-old daughter is like telling me. I know. I, I, I have to like, say I kind of lie to my son sometimes. That you when know he that. talks to them, yeah, I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I should do that. Yeah. Yeah. She so, sees right through me, though. I can't, I'm like the worst liar. I don't think you should. <laughs> I'll get over it at one point and I'll be completely honest. <laughs> it's just strange because age is a number. It's your bones and your cells aging, but your mind, your mind is aging. I mean, you, you know, and I learned so much and I love where I am. I mean, the serenity of it is amazing and, and you know, knowledge is the key of everything. So I love where I am, but it's just so strange when, when your body is aging to someone else while your mind is still you know, it's not aging. I mean, it, it's getting knowledge, but it's not really aging. That's the, so the problem. My dad is in his 70s, and he says he looks in the mirror sometimes and is like, huh, yeah. <laughs> what's with the white hair? You know, because inside he feels like he's 25. And then well, sometimes he happen. looks at me and he's like, how can I have a daughter your age? <laughs> like, I feel so young. And it's true. I mean, I don't feel, some days I'm like, aren't I still 22? Yeah. I, I don't know. So, yeah, it's a... And it's, it's completely fine. It's just to have to get used to it, to all those ideas of, of not being a youngster anymore, to have not being, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, just, it's just, it's fine. Yeah. But that's what the book is about, is taking a fun look of it. You, know. you, you also had this whole section, which I think was my favorite, all the times you tell yourself you're exercising when you're actually not. <laughs> Today, I was literally at the National History Museum with my five-year-old son. Oh, I love this. Place. And I was like, oh, this is great. I'm getting a little workout here, walking around to the cafeteria to buy animal crackers. <laughs> I'm like, this is not a workout. I used to work out all the time. I mean, oh my gosh. That's it's amazing what you can convince yeah. yourself to do. do. Do you still work out? You must. Oh, no, I've never done it. I've never, I've never worked out and I started now oh. because I understood I had to uh, just to be healthy and healthy in my mind as well. Like, it, it, it's actually, you know, it feels good to the brain and just for the body to be, you know, not too stuck. No, I've never done it before. I hate it. Hmm. I take no pleasure whatsoever in exercising. And I wish, you know, people tell you, with time it will come. Never did. 
And are you, was it you or Sophie in the book who's the one doing the yoga? Is it you? Because one of you said that in one of the trade-offs that you, like there was all these like you know, um, catch 22, right? That the trade-off is like the pain of having to do yoga and the boredom that comes with it. Yeah, and, well, it was me. I, I did a lot of yoga when I had my burnout <laughs> 10 years ago. Oh God, I sound like a crazy woman. And I did it and it made me, it was so good. Like I, I felt so good and so relieved. And But every time it was hell to go there. I hated it and I was so bored. <laughs> so, <laughs> Not for everybody, you know, it's, it's not for everybody. Mm. So I also found it really interesting, your chapter on owning your insecurities. Mm-hmm. And maybe this was Sophie about her butt. Was that you? One of no, you, it's me. It was you. That's so, how I found my style. Yeah. So you said, you opened the chapter by saying, I don't like my butt. I just don't. I've disliked it since the summer I was 17 when a guy accosted me at the club to inform me that my ass hung low. <laughs> it's true. Some random guy just came up to you. Yeah, I think he was flirting. You know how, how you take the power over someone by saying something not nice? So then they're actually cool people because they're, they're nice enough to talk to you mm-hmm. while you're not that good. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. they break you to to take the power. Mm-hmm. So that was his trick. And th- but then <laughs> you, so I was like going through this whole essay, thinking like, oh my gosh, if she hates her butt, the rest of us are just doomed. I mean, you know. No, no, please. I hide it really well. <laughs> <laughs> and it's fine. It, it's actually a, a section in the book on, on style and how and how you go from flows mm-hmm. and to find yourself and you hear what people say to you and. Which, you know, you should not listen to guys in clubs who say this stupid shit, but it's... it's you pretty m- much probably should not listen to guys in clubs, period. <laughs> full stop. Exactly. Anyway, go on. Yeah, it's more about how, you know, you listen to how people react and, and, and it's a style section. So this guy, you know, who told me my, about my butt that I had never looked in the mirror because I've never really looked at myself in the mirror. You know, it was more about seeing if I had toothpaste around my mouth after brushing my teeth. And then I realized, I was like, oh my God, he's true, you know? And then, so then I, I became really aware of that and I started making a whole masculine, androgynous look and people reacted so well on it that I was like, wow, you know, that's it's actually, it was actually quite a good idea to go on, on that look, mm-hmm. you know, just to find bigger pants, but that was not like, baggy pants mm-hmm. and so I went men's pants and and it went really well and people were all excited and I was like oh, okay so that could be a look mm-hmm. so it's fun that it went from a flirt line in a club to actually my style that I kept for the last 25 years <laughs> and you have a whole philosophy of the difference between fashion and style which your first book dealt with more correct mm-hmm. what's the difference fashion and style and how do you keep your own style I think style is about who you are and how you want to be perceived. So I think it's part of the knowledge you have. And I, I reckon that, you know, the books you read and, and how you feed yourself watching movies and, and, and the exhibitions you go to, the paintings you see, it feeds probably unconsciously your taste and your knowledge. So I know that quite early, you know, Catherine Hepburn had an impact in, in me aesthetically, mm-hmm. style-wise, with her, you know, high-waisted pants and her white shirts. Mm-hmm. Always a bit masculine, actually, but yet super sexy, but very empowering. So it's funny how it just melts on you. Knowledge melts on, on your, you know, taste, and you understand better 
who you are and and how you want to look like. So yeah, I would say that's that's the difference. It would be knowledge and and being true to yourself and who you are. Okay, I'll try to do that more. (laughs) (laughs) Are there any items that you can't live without? Either clothing items, makeup items. Like, what do you depend on the most? Oh God, is my son an item? (laughs) Sure. I guess my leather jacket is kind of like an armor. Mm -hmm. I always feel invincible when I wear that. So, so yeah, usually when I wear it, you know I'm not in a a super good mood. Interesting. (laughs) It feels like nobody can hurt me or something. Yeah, I'm not very attached to material things, to be honest. I like the I like the insight into the jacket. I wonder if other people have those things, like big red flags to people who know them well. Like I'm trying to think if I have anything. But I do. I mean, I do have a few pieces, and I think I think you do without knowing. Mm-hmm. You have the few pieces that when you are not feeling so good in the morning, you know those pieces will be okay. Yeah. Like you'll you know you you know they're comfortable. You know they'll they'll fit you. Yeah. That, you know, like a white shirt. I know it's like always. My extra large pajama pants. <laughs> my, my son's extra large school sweatshirt. Maybe that's my, I'm in a bad mood, stay away. Yeah. <laughs> Type of thing, which is not half as <laughs> chic as your, as your outfit. Mm. So, what's coming next for you? You're so busy. You have so many different things. What are you most excited about that's coming up? Directing. It's, it just fulfills everything I like, you know image and telling stories and people. I love it. I've never felt so at the right place than when I direct. So so I've done fashion you know, films for now for Chanel and, and other brands. And now I'm writing my first short movie. So I'm producing it and I'm directing it quite soon. So that's really exciting. And it's a fiction. Oh. So... I'm very excited. Yeah, and, and, and very excited as well for future. So what advice do you have for aging women who may not be supermodels, but <laughs> that we're all going through the same thing at the same time? And like you say in your book, like finding the straight white hairs and mm-hmm. all these little things that are creeping up the wrinkles and all these like very unpleasant, like annoying getting in the way of daily life things that are starting to happen. Do you have I- any advice for... I'd say that first of all, perfection doesn't exist, so don't run after it. Take the pressure off, because you know, if not, I think it's you're just frustrated all the time. So, you know, get used to the idea of aging, mm-hmm. you know, and and feed yourself with other things than looking at yourself in the mirror, because when your center of interest are, you know, are stronger, physically it doesn't become as important. Mm-hmm. But also. What can I say? I say that a sense of humor on it always helps because, first of all, it makes you shine. And I think that's how, you know, you gain everybody in the room. Mm -hmm. I always say that, at least in fashion, like all the biggest muses Mm -hmm. were never the most beautiful girls. They were the wittier, the the most solar or, you know, women. So it's more into what you have to say and, and, and... and behave than than your age really you know it's just it's just a number so and i think also when you have a sense of humor people can't talk about it because you talk about it first mm-hmm. you know what i mean when you laugh about your white hair or whatever or your diet or if you make jokes before everyone they can't use it right you know <laughs> which yes. is which is kind of like a good trick 
That is a good trick. Yeah. <laughs> I use that trick too. That's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> and how about any parting advice to aspiring authors, somebody who's looking to undertake a project like yours? Parting advice? Uh, any, yeah, any advice to aspiring authors. Oh, sorry, I said parting. No, parting, like, like Whoa. at the end of our, Vodka. we are about to part. <laughs> oh, partying advice. Any parting advice? No, I think I'm good. I, no. uh, part? I, I'll redo this question, but. Do you have any advice to aspiring authors who want to take on a book project like the one that you just did? Yeah, you know what? I, I have never been in my life scared of failure. I don't, it doesn't do anything on me. What I love to do is create and do. So I always do, 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 do. There are lots of stuff that never went through uh, or that went through, but that were, you know, that didn't work out. So just, you know, go for it, do your things. And, and I think when I lived in the 90s in New York, that's where I got that energy from, which is not French at all, which was just, you know, do, you can do it. And, you know, whatever happens, we'll see, but, but you're allowed to do it. And I think that's the, the biggest trick. And then, and then, you know, you just put your ideas down and, and you go from that. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for coming on Mom's Down Time to Read Books. I really appreciate it. Thank you. You've been listening to Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books with Zibby Owens. Please make sure to sign up for my newsletter at zibbyowens.com to get more updates about episodes like these and also lots of live events. Thanks so much. Today's episode has been sponsored by Poets and Writers. Visit pw.org to get inspired, connect with other writers, and explore a treasure trove of information about writing contests, literary agents, and more. You can follow me on Instagram at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. Thanks for listening. You can always email me at zibby at zibbyowens.com. 